Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. This week's episode is long-awaited to anyone who knows this person. Cale uh, Davis is finally on the show, as you've all seen. Cale's um, amazing, love him. Quick intro, gotta keep with that going. Uh, keep with that going. Uh, this weekend is Everybody Riot. It's the last show of all four house teams of this cycle. Uh, you guys should... Definitely come out and see it if you're not already going to or in it. Um, it's the last show with Detective and then Rodeo Jensen and Res Ghost. So come out and see. Come out and see. Um, other plugs. Keep up with Orbital Music Park. They're close. Uh, DJ Schnoy Music. RBA Comedy. A lot of lot of fun things coming up for them. And... Producers Cast. Those are the plugs. Those are the plugs. Um, shout out to Lori. That's the other plug. Um, Lori's great. Um, cool. We'll get right into the episode. In my eyes, indisposed, in the skies, no one knows. Highs the space, highs the snake, and the sun in my disgrace. Born in Summer stench Neat the black The sky looks dead Call my name Through the train And I'll hear you scream again Black hole sun Won't you come Wash away You brought a fucking you're the first, I think you're the first person to bring Pizza No, Chris cooked me dinner so. Yeah, that, I listened to that one That was, that was I, one I, I, I never posted the video of us cooking Because he like He like tried to set up a GoPro That was like on my fridge And like watching us And he's really? like Yeah, you'll, you can post it in line with the uh, with the podcast I'm like I kind of like the idea But uh, I never did Man Do you have the footage? I do still somewhere what is that? This is my bike light. Oh. These are the things that were in my pocket. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's this, a credit card? You biked here. I biked here, Carrying yeah. a pizza. Uh, I, I thought it would be harder than it was. Yeah? Yeah. Can you bike, do you, do you, not can you, do you bike with no hands? Do I bike with no hands? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I have a good story about this. Oh, okay. So, I can bike with no hands, is uh-huh. the answer to the question. But there's a story, too. Um, and it was last week. Uh, so I, I bike to work. Um, it's about two miles from where I live. And I try to bike on misty days. Even if it's like, if it's going to rain, I'm going to bike as long as it's not raining at like 8.30 and at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Hello. That's Millie. That's Matthew's cat. Matthew's cat is on my lap. All right. So anyway, I bike as often as I can. Mm-hmm. And recently, last week, I had a great experience. Um, well, number one, I also bike without my hands as much as I can. Yeah, okay. So so I was biking without my hands, and I was coming. I biked down. I'd be turn on Harrison from Clay, mm-hmm. and then I follow it around until it becomes Colorado. And I take Colorado 
all the way to Maymont, and that's where I work. At oh, Maymont. wow. Um, Sounds like a fun ride. It's a, it's a good ride. It's pretty what, two miles? Yeah, it's not bad. About two miles. Um, and so I'm coming around the turn. No hands. And there's no Wait, hands. were you turning left or turning right? Uh, it, uh, I was bearing to the right. I was bearing to the right. And are you left or right-handed? I am right-handed. Okay, because and, I can turn left no problem with no hands. It's turning right that I can do it, but I get all wobbly. Well, I can't turn very extremely <clears throat> yeah it's like a, it's like you said bearing yeah so i was bearing to the right and then i saw someone coming up on the other side of the road uh and it was a as a young man who was also biking with no hands and he had his hands he was texting which is a little more advanced than i have yet <laughs> also way more dangerous yeah that's right <laughs> like i'm all about like having fun but like that sounds that's just dangerous. That's well, you can, you can get a lot done. Sure. I've, 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 I've like, changed the song with my, with my phone once or twice yeah. that I was listening to. So here comes this guy, and he's texting. And he looks up from texting, and we make, you know, we lock eyes. And he, he looks at me, and I look at him, and we both smile so big. We smile like these enormous grins. And then he puts up a thumbs up. And I'm like... For my whole life, like, I have been the thumbs-up guy. You know, like, I've been the one doing the thumbs-up. Mm-hmm. And this guy initiated a thumbs-up with me. And so I responded with my thumb-up. I was like, oh, man, like, this is perfect. Because now I know not only, um, like, is biking without hands similar to, like, Jeep culture or motorcycle culture. Where, yes. like, where you see somebody else doing it, you're like, hell yeah, welcome to the club. But it also means... Perhaps that people who bike with no hands are also thumbs up folk. And that's the kind of folk I want to know. <laughs> people who would initiate? People who are thumbs up people. You know, like people. like people who respond to really pleasant situations with a, a thumbs up. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to be. And that's who I am. And that's, I'm glad that's who I am. And I want to know more people like that. And Absolutely. I want I want to facilitate that quality in other people. I want to uh, I want to be like Johnny Appleseed of thumbs upping, and and like I spread my thumbs ups, and they go on and grow, and you know we eventually cover the planet with it. You know, and I think surfers and like radical hang ten dudes are like you know. It's all the same. Everybody wants to spread their thing. I just love that you commented on like uh, like Jeep culture and uh, motorcycle culture because yeah, the motorcycle yeah. culture they, they put the hand down. Yeah, yeah, you got the and it's like my dad does it. He's got like two fingers. Mm-hmm, yeah, two fingers, yep. yeah. And then I don't know what people in Jeeps do. Probably just like they freak just out and post on their social media with their Jeep. I think they just acknowledge each other. And um, I don't know too much about it. But I, I I never was a Jeep mm-hmm. person. Um, but it, but I just love that you touched on it because that's something I think about. All the time. It's something I like studying college. I was so interested in just like all these different small cultures. Like, yeah. It goes down to as small as like the culture I have at my desk with my desk mates. Like we have our own culture. Yeah. And then it goes bigger. It's like my whole team and then the whole floor and then the section of the floor and then the whole floor, then the whole company kind of thing. And, and you love- notice all these little intricacies and differences. But And of course you, you'll never notice all the small cultures because they are so small. They could be as small as like two people. I feel like it's the minimum. But like, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's the minimum. Have, like, well, you can't have a culture by yourself. <laughs> I feel like you can try to perpetuate a culture, but you need someone to believe, I guess. I don't know. But someone- <laughs> 
<laughs> someone just, to bear witness to your culture. But I just love the idea of like someone recognizing like oh man because I mean, everyone recognizes everyone knows Jeep people and motorcycle people but like yeah. you view it as like this is the, this is a culture this is something that you do in this culture yeah and I just I, I geek out over that one what are what are some things you notice about your desk mates um, what what makes you different than the other folks on your floor what, oh makes us different yeah I don't know if much makes us different I think it's just. You know, the people who I sit next to being the people who I sit next to. Like, they each have their own thing. Like, um, <clears throat> one, the person I sit next to is on my left immediately. Yeah. People are visiting this person every, just for chatting. Oh, okay. At all hours of the day. They're a host. They're a host. Yeah, a welcomer. But they don't, like, do anything to perpetuate it other than, like, being, like, a conversationalist. Yeah, they don't There's have a no, bowl of candy. I was going to say, no bowl of candy. Yeah. No, uh, and then, like, the the team behind me, they're, every morning, each of our bosses says hello to all of us and then to the oh opposite. Oh, my God. That was so nice. I would kill somebody if they would just make that happen everywhere that, I worked. <laughs> it's, 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 it's surprisingly nice to be like, hey, how are you today? And I'm just like, oh, I'm good today. Thank you for checking. Thanks for checking in. Yeah. Um. And then, like, they have, like, a bowl, they do have a bowl of candy at there. Like, the boss, I guess, like, buys candy and, like, distributes it mm-hmm. occasionally. I don't know. But there's, like, fun little culture stuff. I just love that, that, that that's a thing. Like, like, at the theater, we have our own culture. Um, smaller cultures with the team culture. Just stuff like that. Just stuff that, oh, man. Like, oh, you remember this? Like, the mem- the things that memories are made of, I think, is what makes, like, the the, the, the aspect of culture. Right. Right on. Sure. I hear what you're saying. And that, you know, that's maybe... The same word for that is like family or community or you know, sure. somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. I want to point out Floyd walked in. He hasn't walked in in an episode in like 10 episodes. What should I do? Okay. He won't jump in your lap, but he's very nice. He might jump in your lap. My hands are really sweaty, and I know. <laughs> I know that's a long haired cat. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force us to open this now. Yeah, yeah, please do. You don't sweat when you bike. Oh. It is It is 84 degrees outside, and you had like a, you look like you had barely spilled a little bit of water on your shirt. I bike in 70-degree weather. I look like I just ran two miles of the gym with a sweatshirt on. Okay. I understand Holy that. Holy mama. Yeah, that looks good. I know that's what you perceive about me right now because it's what you just said, but I need to tell you that I got here... <laughs> Plenty a time ago, like ten minutes before I knocked on the door, <laughs> Did and you I changed shirts. Yeah, well, I uh, <laughs> I took I had um, I wore this shirt to work, and I had an undershirt on, and then I took the shirt off to bike, and then when oh. I got here, I wiped my full body down. I was shirtless outside for five minutes and i missed it and you missed it wow you must have like literally i must did you i must have just missed you because i got 10 minutes ago i uh, had uh, well i had to get the pizza um i left work at like four to four i love that you brought a pizza I'm, i hope that you like this i have some i didn't know i couldn't tell i was trying to read into the tone of your text i was like i should have offered him more options i said do you want the eggplant <laughs> Or do you want the Mediterranean? And I, you know, I didn't think to say, like, do you want, uh, I don't know, a meat lovers or... I will say that I've never had a Mediterranean, but I'm down to try something new. And this looks like some, nothing I've ever had. I'm going to get us plates. Okay. But I want you to introduce yourself. Okay. I'll do that. Great. I'll watch the microphones. My name's Kale. I, uh, my name's Kale Davis. I am a young man, and I moved here... To Richmond from Pittsburgh about two and a half years ago. And I am, well, I used to be more of an artist and a writer than I am now. Um, but I am, uh, right now I'm a reader, uh, I'm a musician, and 
I uh, participate in improvised comedy at this theater. Um, that That's how Jonathan and I met. And soon... I will be going to New Orleans. Oh, yes! I will be going for a long <laughs> weekend. I've never been there before, but Jonathan has spent some time there. Years. Five years? Five years. Five years there. Oof, I need to get napkins. Oh, look at me all prepared. Boom. So, I don't know what I'm going to do in New Orleans. I don't really have a reason to go or anyone to visit. Um, so, I have asked Jonathan if he... If you... Should I talk to you now? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, Jonathan, <laughs> I've asked you if you could come up with uh, some missions for me. You know, maybe some letters to deliver, some folks to say hello to. If you want me to leave, like, a your calling card at this place where you used to work, like, shit in a bag and leave it burning <laughs> on the front step and say, like, Jonathan was here, you know. So um, I will do anything <laughs> because I have nothing but time. Um, I'm going with my girlfriend. Her name is Lori, and I really care about her. Uh, we're a good match. We've been together for a long time. And we are going to New Orleans because she gets to travel to conferences, and her work pays for it. And so she has one that she wants to go to in New Orleans. And she's gone to other conferences in New York and Pittsburgh, and she's been able to travel on their dime. And that's kind of cool, except... While she's there, I mean, this is, of course, the reason she goes is because she has to spend all of her time at this interesting conference. Um, but what that means is we're going to go to New Orleans. I will take the one person I know and I'll put them in New Orleans with me and then they will leave. And then I will be <laughs> alone there. I just don't know why I was invited at all, but we'll have fun. Um, but I am looking for things to do. The end. I... My favorite thing about that was how you described your relationship with Lori. I care about her very much, and we're a good match. It's true. It, it's to me that that's just like duh, grossly adorable in that way. You yeah. Know? Whereas, but it's like very pure. Um, when I, I introduce her, I say, "This is Lori. You'll like her." And I also <laughs> say, "I also say we're kind of an item." I say that a lot. I'm like, oh, that's, that's Lori. We're kind of an item. How long have y'all been together? A while. That's what something I say all the time, too. I figured. Because that's a question I get. But we, we started well, dating in college, and that has been a couple of years. Um, I'm I, not going to get a straight answer out of you, am I? Well, I'm telling a story, you know. I, it's a long story. <laughs> the question of how long we've been together is a tale for the ages. Well, please don't let me interrupt again. Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we met in college. Um... And we knew each other for a year or so before we were dating. Um, it's a good tale. It's a good tale, but it also has these elements that I don't know that she'll, she would want me to share. You can share whatever you want on the show. I know, but I can't share whatever she doesn't want me to share. Oh, you didn't mean that's, me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, feel free to share as much as you want. Yeah, I'm not that anything was bad, just that I think um, we're all complex and... Uh, if we selectively share things that may not... Anyway, so she was drunk, that's all. And she threw up on herself. And she was... I was an RA in college. Um, fuck. Okay, so I was an RA in college. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I went to Allegheny College, um, an elite private institution. 
um, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, south of Erie, about a half hour. It was a very expensive school. Um, I did not do very well in high school, but I uh, I got a lot of need-based financial aid, and that is how I got to go to this wonderful school. Um, and I got to uh, bump elbows with uh, a lot of uh, elite folks, um, and it was a good experience. I became an RA because uh, that was a way to get free room and board, and also I love power. <laughs> um, I don't really love power. I struggled with that part a lot. I never enforced rules, but I did. I was a uh, community builder, um, and I, I that position helped shape me into the person I am today, and helped shape my values. Um, so anyway, uh, it was one fateful Halloween Eve, uh, and um, Lori doesn't really. I don't know. She doesn't drink like crazy. And she didn't really in college, but she had a few uh, nights um, to create enough of a legacy. Um, And so she she was like... uh, Anyway, I'll just start from my perspective. So there it was. (laughs) Me and my buddy Colin, uh, we were on duty that night, which means we were assigned to wait in the residence halls and if anything happened which inevitably things would you know people did the craziest shit whenever Mm. there was any reason to celebrate um so you know people would pull the the fire alarms and set off the fire extinguishers and they'd burn popcorn in their rooms and uh they some one time this kid was trying to uh light shots on fire and he uh he like he lit them on fire but then he knocked them over and then his hands were on fire anyway there was some crazy crazy (laughs) stuff uh that happened uh while on duty whilst on duty and so me and colin were on duty this motherfucker colin he i have another story to tell about him but first i will say um we got a call we're like oh man like this girl's throwing up all over the hallway and we go down, and it's Lori, and we're friends. And I say, oh, my goodness, Lori. And then she I, she says, guess what I'm dressed as for Halloween. And she's, you know, she's drunk and mad and vomity. And I say, what? And she said, a slut. <coughs> and she was dressed as a slut for Halloween. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> So we were right next to her, her old roommate's uh, room, and she she uh, kindly let Lori spend the night there. And I came over and checked checked in on her in the morning, and invited her to the dining hall for breakfast just to see how things were going. And um, I ate all of the Kit Kats that this girl had in her room before we went and that was our kind of uh i don't know for some reason i think of that as our first date your first foray yeah i mean we've hung out before but that was like and that you know going in the morning that was back when i was doing this thing with uh i was flipping lots of coins and i was also i was with my buddy zach ross who god i need to write a book 
Can I ask you a question before um, you get into that? What's flipping coins? Well, like, to, like actually, like, yeah. Flipping well, a that coin? was re- that was a little after I had learned some magic tricks. So I was doing. Uh, it's called the French drop. Um, that's when you have a coin in your hand and you you go like this, and then it looks like the coin has disappeared, and, and then you you have it. It looks like you grab one, but it's actually in the other hand, and you open the hand that everyone thinks the coin is in, and it's not there. So, so I was just carrying quarters around with me all the time, and, and me and my buddy Zach Ross, who I moved to Richmond uh, and saw because he lived here. How do I say this story? Anyway, we were just throwing these quarters around, and we were saying, "Well, I don't know why we would throw." It was there's so many details. So <laughs> the molding, the floor, in the hallways. And the stairwells of these dorm rooms were ramped. So you could get a coin, you could roll it like a wheel, and it would shoot up the wall Ooh. like crazy. And it was in a stairwell, so it was like all this open space so you could get it to go like like <clears throat> major height. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the that was the our me and Lori, that was our, our time together. <laughs> that was our first date. Um, now let me tell you about Zach Ross. I want to tell you about this fucking dude, this guy, Colin. It's important. I'll start like this. Why did we move to Richmond? Great question. Me and Lori, we don't know why. We didn't like our jobs. That's a half truth. We had complicated relationships with our respective supervisors. So we just, just decided we just decided to move, and this was the only place that we had anyone who would house us for a little bit. Um, so I told my boss, my girlfriend got this great job in Richmond. We can't pass up this opportunity. She told her boss the same thing. But you know what? Neither of us had jobs at that point. We were just so afraid. We were afraid to quit. Mm-hmm. So we moved here, and that was that. But Lori had a pet turtle. And this was a big-ass turtle. This was a 10-inch red-eared slider. Oh, yeah. It got huge. She got it as a wee pup, and it, that thing that thing exceeded the bounds of its cage, you know. And we got a 50-gallon tank on Craigslist, and I called it the Turtle Mansion. Yeah. And we put a bunch of feeder fish in there, and it ate 10 out of 12. I know we're running low. No, no, no. You're totally fine. Okay. I was just <coughs> making sure... Right, I'm so <laughs> it ate 10 out of 12 and it let these other two live. Um, anyway, so we were like, who's going to take the turtle? We don't want to take the turtle because we didn't really know what our living situation would be like. So we got this dude, Colin, who was the other RA, to take the turtle. Riddle me that. But then, two months after he got the turtle, what happens? He moves to France and gives the turtle to somebody else. What? What? We, this this was like a member of of Lori's family, you know? It was like her child and her sibling and her parent. It was an important turtle to her. Have you had contact? Take a bite. I'll ask this question in long ways. I'm so hungry. <laughs> You've been staring at that slice. You had it, like, curved, ready to take a bite for, like, that the beginning of the Lori so, story. so cold. Oh, it's fine. It's good. It's really good. Um... So, have you had contact with the turtle since? No contact. Ugh. It's been years. 
They haven't written. They haven't called. They haven't come to see you. Nothing. Nothing. What was Colin's last name? Colin's last name was Solom or Solom. It was never really clear how to um, Ooh, how to pronounce it. But his mom's last name was Vanderbilt, and he decided that sounded like a stronger last name, and so he changed his last name <clears throat> on Facebook to Vanderbilt. But it's not that. But I it could be. Lost my shit if it was my friend Colin from New Orleans. And if I was sending you there to meet him, and you it would have been the person you knew all along. Imagine, imagine that story. Okay, we can just say that's what happened. <laughs> can you believe <laughs> that? Can you believe? I believe. Um, and this is uh, this is exactly what I expected. What? Went to having you on the show. How how are we doing on time? We are great on time. I just I just am a I'm a time checker, so I always look at my watch. Also I have a like the weather and stuff on here too, so I get like a lot of info. How's the weather? It's hot. Which is okay, so woo, we covered a lot of ground. Um I don't even remember where I started. You just said introduce yourself and then you were like continue about talking about Lori. Yes, I love that. I love that um Story. That's a great story. So you y'all like it, Richmond? Then, yeah. What made you get an improv? That's a good question. I had done some short, little, um, you know, kind of campy games at college. Um, I've always really been a big fan of miming. I've always thought miming shit is the funniest thing to do in the world. I've always thought it was so funny. And when I was a kid, I would, this was my bit, is I would get a, a bottle, like a wine bottle, and I would pretend to be drunk. And so I would perform in front of uh, my mom's mom or my dad's folks, and I would do my be drunk act. And I would just pretend to be drunk. And, you know, and I was very young, um... And my dad hated it. He did not like it at all. <laughs> I love that someone didn't like it. He hated it. He was like, I don't know if he was embarrassed of it or if he thought that it would give me wrong ideas about alcohol or something. But Sully your yeah. youth. Anyway, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was I loved, I loved charades. No one else in my fucking family likes playing charades at all. So charades I, is so fun. I think that's like... The intro to, to... The intro to the intro? To improv. Well, I mean, like, act act some shit out, you know? Yeah. Act it out. And um, I would... My, my like, claim to fame improv bit in charades was... I was like, guess what I am? And I would uh, pretend to wake up and hit my alarm clock and get up and yawn and put my pants on and go to the bathroom and brush my teeth. You know, and get my bag ready, and walk out the door, and get into a car. Jesus, you're scratching me. And then I would drive for a little, and I would turn the radio on. And so I would be acting this out for five minutes, ten minutes, and then eventually I would get out of the car, I would walk a long distance, I would start chopping a tree down, and then everyone was supposed to guess lumberjack. Oh, you were a lumberjack all along. <laughs> I just couldn't tell. I just couldn't tell because you haven't done anything lumberjacky until the very end. And so that, that like, maybe those experiences put the little spark in my 
in my heart. And I've always loved playing with like young children and I don't know, it, it just feels like there's so much space to, to have that same kind of play and feel like the feel the game and the, the make believe and the, the silliness of it, um, in, in improv. I wish, I, I wish in my heart that uh, this theater that we participate in, um, that there was space for like youth programs, you know, or, or even, you know, just any variation of, of age, I think would be really something, really something. I know they've done kids shows in the past. Yeah. But it's like, I guess my, my thing is like, I don't know what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I want to see. And if I go to the, whatever, the, the strategic planet planning summit meetings, you know, I don't have anything to suggest. I just know that like my skills as an improviser truly shine when I am like playing with my cousin's kids and stuff, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I'm developing skills that it's not helping me as a public speaker. (laughs) It's not helping me, you know, um, in terms of like being less nervous in front of clouds, clouds, cloud anxiety, (laughs) but, but it is, but it's like communicating with, (laughs) with children. I, I feel like that, like, I feel like I am now, you know, equipped to teach a kindergarten class or something, you know? Yeah. Do you get that feeling? Yeah. I know what you mean. There's, there is some sort of confidence when you're in front of a crowd of clouds. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cloudy day. Partly cloudy. Stay inside. Stay inside. I'm glad we do improv inside. Me too. Uh, What'd you have for breakfast today? Rather, what's your go-to breakfast? I eat the same thing for breakfast every weekday. Ooh. It is an English muffin with peanut butter and jelly. But I'd never call it jelly because I think jelly is childish like regular spaghetti. I call it jam because I think jam is adult, like linguine. Oh, I was hoping you would say, what the hell is the adult version of spaghetti? <laughs> okay. Why do you have that every day for breakfast? Because that, that to me sounds like a, something you could very easily get tired of. Not necessarily yeah. the English muffin. Yeah. But like... The same thing. Do you use the same jam? Yeah. I love... Raspberry jam. Thanks mm-hmm. for calling it jam, by the way. I figured that was important to you. You I made it. You made it. Made it very clear. I, for some reason, I don't know where I got this idea, but I just feel like jelly, raspberry jelly, doesn't have seeds in it, and raspberry jam is like, fuck it, like we just jammed it in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they have seeds, whatever. They have seedless jam. That's what I mean when I say like jam is I want some seeds. It sounds like jelly is a way of saying like getting a kid like, oh, they don't, they don't like it when you call it jam. Call it jelly. It sounds silly. <clears throat> L-L-Y sound, right? Yeah. I'm not a baby. Well, TBD. Anyway. So I, yeah, <laughs> the look it does. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does get, you know, it gets a little boring. Um, but like, if I'm like, if it's the weekend and I'm like, you know what, breakfast, I'm going to celebrate then. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make some potatoes. I'll make some egg stuff. I'll do like an omelet or frittata or, um, I got into baking a little bit ago. I would make like biscuits, uh, bread, mm. um, whatever. But if it's the weekend, I'm like, 
you know what? I'm not going to trick myself into thinking this is going to be a good day. This is going to be a normalized day. I'm going to eat peanut butter, jam, English muffin. I don't know. It just, it's it's doing it for me. It gets me through the day. Do it you- gets me to the day. What gets me through the day is a snack and a lunch and then another snack. Do you do you bring your own lunch? Every day. You like strategically plan your snacks and stuff? Uh, it's not strategic enough. I'm not like a, a meal prepper. I'm like, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what should I make for lunch today? And then I will boil water and I will make new pasta or I will make rice. Really? I will cook the meal in the morning. What time do you wake up? I don't know. Um, I wake up. Okay, so that's not true. I will I will do that when I need to do that. But more often than not, I have leftovers from yesterday's dinner. But I will put a lot of thought into making sure, and perhaps this makes me a prepper, um, into making sure that there's enough dinner for the next day's lunch. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how things are like made to be. The way I, I believe the way things are packaged are like there's so much mm-hmm. of me like feeding a family. Yeah, like a box of pasta for me is three meals. Okay. So I'll boil the whole box. Yeah. Maybe as well. Put it away. For tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, you know, right? What to look forward to? Some plain-ass pasta. Pasta, sometimes when I bring it for lunch, I'm like, I hate myself. And I just think that. I'm like, it's just, I don't know how to make pasta exciting. It's so much filler. What do you put in it? Right, nothing. That's why. You don't put anything in no, it? No, I'm just fucking... I was yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, like... Okay, so, like, a good pasta, I'm, like, way more vegetables than pasta. That's my secret. I had a friend who told me this once, and I believe it's true. He said, if you can put one vegetable in with your noodles, you are a rich man indeed. If you can put one vegetable in with your noodles, you are a rich, rich man, man indeed. indeed. Right. And I subscribe to that belief. And I think if you can put two vegetables in, three vegetables in, four vegetables in, you're going crazy. <laughs> but you're living the life. You're living the life of a king. I have another friend who believes this. What does a king eat? Cashews. If you want to feel like a king, just get yourself some cashews. <laughs> and so every year, um, for several years, um, when it was my birthday or his birthday, we would get each other cashews. We were like... Live like a king. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. I know what I'm getting Anthony for his birthday tomorrow. Yeah. It's his birthday tomorrow. Well, Thursday. Oh. But you're going to see him tomorrow? No, I'll see him on Thursday, too. I don't know if I, yeah, I'll see him tomorrow. We're, we're going to a concert tomorrow. Oh. I'm going to have another piece of pizza. Yeah, I love absolutely. getting all this pizza just for you and me. Yeah, right? I never get enough pizza. But I never get any pizza, so that's why. Anyway. Go on. How was your day? <laughs> I haven't asked you anything. <laughs> Um, Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for being on. This is already one of my favorite episodes. Thanks for saying that. I always, I always love the ones that um, I don't feel like I have to like structure it at all. Like the ones that I just like are just talking are my favorites. Um, Did you do any planning for today? uh, Other than making sure that I got home as early as possible. No. Oh, and making sure my house was clean. Hmm. I've been really bad about cleaning my house lately. I've been. I'm I'm on the cusp of. I believe like a wave of positive change, but it's just like, it requires a certain amount of effort, um, daily that sometimes I don't have time for and energy or energy that I just don't have. What do you do whenever you're like, I'm doing the work of positive changing myself? Mostly think about all the changes I want to make. 
And then, like, upcase, like, it, I believe, um, so back in high school, I used to drink a lot of soda. Like, a lot of soda. And one day I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel good. So I just stopped. But then, like, a day or two later, I'm like, I don't want a Coke. So I would drink. But, like, I kept sure. failing. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, with the help of, like, Gatorade and then finally like, always having a bottle of water, like, I just stopped drinking soda for, like, five years. And now I'll have, like, an occasional one and I can control myself. Um, but I, I, I learned from that experience. It's like, it doesn't matter how many times you fail. It's just a matter that you keep trying. So the fact that I keep planning to have these positive changes and the fact that I keep, like, not doing them, but, like, still, like, really putting thought into it, really putting a lot of, like, energy into, like, thinking, like, I'm going to do this or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, like, make my house look the way I want it to and stop hoarding furniture or whatever thing is. I have, like, a, you saw, I don't know if you saw my, like, dining room area. It's just full of, like, random furniture. Oh, I did see chairs on top of chairs or something. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, because I, I have these things, I don't know. It's just, like, wanting to improve my life, wanting to, like, take to the next level. So, mm-hmm. like, that that's what I spent my day doing, mostly. And also working on a lot of, like, different shows for the theater and stuff. Very fun. I love, I love that. The, um, one thing we learned at the Summit... Well, it was this very basic thing that I think pretty much everybody, like, I don't want to say everyone knows, but, like, it's new information. Mm-hmm. Like, the director is the one who directs the show. They, like, are looking at all the creative things, and the producer is the one who's doing all the, basically, I call it the bitch work. All the... Making it happen. The logistics. Sure. Operations. I never really knew what a producer was. Or a, what's the difference between a producer and an executive producer? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um... But when I learned that term, that's the role I took on, like, the one of the shows I'm working on, and then, like, I'm offering to, I'm trying to do it for somebody else's show, and, like, I just love it so much, and that's, like, what I was doing with my time that I probably should have been working. <laughs> I would, like, work for, like, 30 minutes, and 30 minutes I would, like, focus on, like, whatever, and then I would go back to catch up all the 30 minutes that I missed, sure. and then catch up on the next 30 minutes that I was, like, it was, it was stressful, but it was, like, I love this because I feel, I feel alive. What are you working on this upcoming season? The upcoming season, we're doing the uh, Scooby-Doo and Homage. Mm. It's the 50th anniversary. Mm. 1969. So we're doing a improv-based uh, thing. And then Coalition Live has another episode coming up very soon. Great. Very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Coalition Dead is a Halloween version of the show. Nice. And... Um, <clears throat> A couple of people have pitched some stuff, and I'm trying to see if I can <clears throat> be a part of it. So, you know, TBD. You never know. You never know how it will unfold. Unfold. Very cool. You have anything coming up for the next six months? No, no, nothing. Nothing planned. Um, kind of just taking it easy. Well, I um, so I I was on a house team for the last run, mm-hmm. as were you, um, and. I had that experience. It was great. Um, I'm happy to continue working with the team that I was on, Rodeo. Uh, but I don't know. I have some... I, have, I don't know. I just don't feel like, at this point, there's a lot of energy to continue in like a robust, let's meet weekly, mm-hmm. let's try to perform. A couple but there's no more. space to practice. Yeah. And then there's uh, no shows to put on. Right. Like the, the, I think the only hope that the old house teams have is the refinery. Yeah. Which is still it's, a glorious evening. It's you know? fun. I love doing refineries, but like I those, don't, those I don't are, feel that it's less. 
I don't feel that. It's less. I feel like it's just the thing of like it's not regular, and uh, those are the, the that's if they need someone to fill, like cool. But like, like I need a refinery slot coming up in November. Yeah, I need I need it so I can like see the show on stage. Right. Whereas I would want that for my like team just because I want it. Right. I love doing it. I see. I see. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how that's how I view that. But it's still it's still. I, lo- I think that no matter what, if, like, for some reason, like, middle management needs an opener and they ask Detective or Rodeo, I feel like we'd mm-hmm. all be like, fuck yeah, like, we can get five people together, let's go do it. Yeah. Be a little fun little time. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to be, I mean, if you exist and we're, I mean, I guess we're, like, we've got the stamp of theater approval by being born of the theater. Yeah, right? I don't know if I'm assuming that. Um, I would say that's factually true. Otherwise, that's your water, by the way. Thank you. I love how it's collecting water on the outside too. I may, I may not drink it, but then I'm going to drink it. Okay, please do. I have a water bottle here. Um, oh yeah, but I have to unzip my bag. It's going to make all these. You can make noises. Sounds. People like the noises. Oh, I have gas. People like those noises too. I have just shit in my pants. Uh, as long as you clean it up, I'm down for good audio. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going. <laughs> Um, I'm going to make you get your, your water bottle so you stay hydrated on your bike home. So, in addition to... Thank you for that. I I do need to drink more water. That's why I got this super tall Nalgene. Oh. Boom. Boom. Um, is this 46? This is a 48er. A 48er. Wow. But I learned recently, 48, that's the line. 48 ounces. And then, if you fill it above that, it's even more yet. Oh. Learning about graduated cylinders. Um, I'm also on an indie team called Just Jackie, um, and I'm really excited with how that's going. Uh, we work with Nick Lebesky, mm-hmm. and it's I just feel good about it every every time we perform or we meet. We have practice on Mondays, and it's like it's been so great. It's one of my favorite um, like indie teams. Oh, just Jackie. Just Jackie, because um, every time, it's like, my memory, like, I love all the indie teams, like uh, Brave Ragu, mm. Murder Beach, Dollar Star Bullshit. I'm naming the ones that if they listen to this episode, they're like, you didn't even say our name. Yeah. I love all of our indie teams, but yours specifically has a format that's like very specific, and it's very fun to watch. I love watching formats that the performers have to think more. Like you guys are yeah, really, it's really very narrative. Um, also, I, I don't picture you as a TV watcher. Do you? Not, do no. you own a TV? Uh, I don't. I don't okay. own a TV, and I don't tell my neighbor. Been stealing his Wi-Fi for eight months. Ooh, I might want to edit this out. Don't tell my neighbor, everybody. All right, hey everybody, I've been stealing my neighbor's Wi-Fi for eight months. I have to sit in the corner to get any service. How'd you get the password? I asked him for it once, and then it wasn't really working. So first off, I'll just say, I don't know about this internet thing. Yeah. I don't use it so much. It's not like when I come home, I'm like, I need to watch a show. Yeah. And I think Lori's kind of the same way. So we... You're a good we, match. We're a good match. We're kind of an item. <laughs> uh, and so we had a neighbor who was super chill. And there was a couple, and they let us bum their Wi-Fi, and it was a pretty strong signal. 
And that got us through. You know, we could watch Netflix if we were against this one wall. Uh, but then they moved out. First, they had a live home birth outside on the porch. And then on your they, porch? On their porch. We live in a carriage house in the backyard. But, like, essentially your front door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were uh, above To the rice. Yeah. And they were above us. Oh, second story. Yeah, second story. Ooh. And we were home, and we... Heard everything. Well, we were... Oh, because your bedroom's second story. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's on the side where, like, the futon is? We had... We participated in this uh, momentous uh, event. Um, And and then they moved out because they had a baby. And that was enough of a reason, I guess. And then the... uh, there was a, another girl who moved into their apartment. She was super chill, and she let us bum her Wi-Fi. Uh, but then now there's a couple who lives there who is actually from the same area in Pennsylvania that Lori is from. But we have, like, very slight relationship with them. I don't know what it is. I can't tell what's going wrong. I'm so friendly most of the time, and I just it's just not working with these folks. I mean, we're, you know, we're friendly, but not enough that I'd be like, can I bum your Wi-Fi? You know what it is? Was it because you have a lot of people over? No. And a lot of times people come no. over drunk? I think I, I think it's like I'm intimidated by them because they're, here's how they were described to us, crate and barrel people. <laughs> and, we're not, and we're not crate and barrel folk. You know, we are like Craigslist dumpster furniture folk. Um, we have great taste, um, but we get all of our shit from the garbage. First of all, me too. Welcome. Hey, do you do thumbs up? You're a thumbs upper? No, but I now I really want to be. Just learn how to bike without think, hands. I can bike without hands. Okay, yeah, yeah. Then you're one step away. So, but the thing is, when when people pass me and they're biking with no yeah, hands, they right. don't they don't seem like thumbs up people. They look sad. What? Most of the time, they're like really focused or like not looking at me. No. Well, maybe they're just learning how to bike without hands. It takes everything. <laughs> it takes everything. Everything at first. I can, um, Anthony's been doing, I guess, a lot longer than I have. I watch him, like, take his backpack off while he's doing it. And, that like, is, that's amazing. I've done it once. Yeah. But, like, it was, was a little wobbly. I would be so afraid to do that because when you swing your backpack around, you're putting so much weight. Well, that's something you have to, like, you have to, like, <laughs> let it counterbalance. slightly fall. You have to let it, like, yeah. you have to, like, and, like, watching him do it, like, he, he doesn't pedal when he does it. You're, like, yeah. just, like, he's completely focused on trying to stay up. And then, now let me describe what you're doing while you slow motion do it. Okay. Jonathan lifts his one, uh, let me see, that's the left, is that the left? Is that your left? Okay, thank goodness. That's his left strap. He leans his torso to the left. He pulls the weight up. And what has happened? He already did it? He already swung it around? I didn't see the swing around motion. Rewind Let's see that instant playback. The swing around motion, he... He puts his left rib out and sticks his tongue out of his mouth to balance his bike. Puts his jowls. Whoa! Whoa. Oh no, wipe out! Oh, totally burned. <coughs> Thank you. Oof, that was fun. That was fun. Um, I usually am. This is completely unrelated. Okay. Whenever I do a podcast, I'm always against explaining the physical humor. Okay. Especially for the live show. So I'm like. You want to see it? Come to the show. Yeah. You want to see the... But that was the perfect example of when it's cool. 
I think. Oh, good. I, 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 I wish I had done better. I just kept saying left, left side, left. left side. I mean, you were put on the spot. We had no preparation. It's not like you're like an improviser. <laughs> I'm not good on the spot. Hmm? Uh, you're one of my favorite improvisers. This one. Like, take that away. Take the, the negative comment. I'm your, mo- I'm your favorite? One of my favorite. Damn it. Sorry. I'll take it. Uh, what were we talking about? Bikes, biking, thumbs, thumbs. Um, you thumbs up person. Um, oh, C- Craigslist. Craigslist. I get all my oh, furniture yeah. from other people. I think all together, all my furniture. Like I bought my lamps because I wanted matching lamps. Part of my like glow up process. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? Glow up. Glow up. Glow it's up. a thing where it's just like you're supposed to like. I think it's it's an Instagram thing. Okay. You're supposed to like. Post a picture of yourself from four years ago or something. <laughs> Post a picture of you now. Okay. And you're supposed to be like, look how much I've glown up. I see. I. But for me, it was more like, I have a living room. Okay. And I need some lamps. And Walmart has them for eight bucks. Yeah. And I feel like you're not going to find a cheaper lamp than an $8 lamp. And not two of them. Two of them. Not and two I bought two at uh, Diversity Thrift. There you and go. bought lampshades for them. So nice. they matched. Great. I'm just here to share that uh, free table. Nice. Uh, I got my futon for 25 bucks. I got this nice little round table with matching stools for $60. Eight, it was 80 I talked them down Talk to, to 60 and then I gave them to, uh, it was a couple, and they were, I was like, you don't have room in your new place for this awesome little table? And they're like, it's really small place. And so I was like, you guys are idiots for getting rid of this table. Here's a legend beer. And they were like, Legend, good man. <laughs> and that was the one time that someone said legend, good man to me. Legend is a Richmond uh, brewery. What is, um, <clears throat> what's one of your, do you, have a, do you have a mantra? Oh. That you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, let me think about it. Um, okay. I also want to ask if you have like a, any kind of quotes that just like really stick with you. Oh gosh, I do. Let me, let me think for a moment. I think about them every day. I have a lot of quotes that I think about every day. I got a little notepad, like a little sticky note, but like it's on like the computer sticky note. Yeah, that like has my like like list of like different things that like like my, my mantra. Yeah, in in progress or whatever, and I like hide it below like the toolbar, and then like but I'm like I'll like pull it up and like I'll like put it back down. <laughs> like good, good good reminder. Gosh, I wish I could think. When you're put on the spot. Oh, here's a good one. Here we go. I don't want this to be my one, uh, but this is something I think about often. Sure. Um, and this is someone. This is a quote from someone else, and I don't know who, but I did know it was a high school math teacher who said it. Your high school math teacher? Yeah, one of a a high school math teacher who yeah mine who okay, had, who had quoted who had quoted oh anyway else. okay here's what it is and I think a lot of people know this one the only difference between you. And you, five years from now, is uh, the people you meet and the books you read. Whoa. I thought you were going to be smart and be like, five years. Whoa. The people you meet and the books Books you read. read. And I think about that uh, often because I've been trying to read more and more. Um, Same. I bought books the other day. 
Well, that's the first step toward reading. I think so too. <laughs> uh, there's a book on my uh, cocktail books. I'm like, read that. Like when you're at home, when you get home, there, like, just read. It's a book of short stories. Yeah. So I'll like sit down for five, ten minutes, read a short story, digest it, and you have like this thing, this gift. Of nice. The day. I used to do that. I mean, when I got out of my old job, I got out like really early. Like, I worked really early. And I got out really early, so I'd go to like the VMFA. Okay. And like sit on the lawn and just like read. This, oh, beautiful day. That sounds so so good. I used to take more lunch breaks at work, and I would go out and read. I haven't done it in a long, long time, at least consistently. But I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot. So when you when you think about that, as you do, yeah, and now I will too. Mm-hmm. I will hope, hopefully remember exactly word for word. The only difference between you and you from five years from now is the people you meet and the books that you read. Right. What do you think about when you think about that? Other than the obvious, um, I think about. I think what it what it gives me is I'm like it helps me it helps me just fucking finish a book. <laughs> it's so hard to finish a long book. It's so hard to finish like a even like a 300 page book. It can be it can like it can last for months. I have such I am like I have this terrible problem where I will like as soon as a book is either a little bit boring to me mm-hmm. or I forget where I put it. I just start a new book. So if you ask me what books I'm reading, I've got a ongoing list of 20 or so active books, you know, where, but I haven't looked at them in two years, but in my head, I'm like, I can pick it up anytime. I've been that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You want to hear him? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Arctic dreams by uh Barry Lopez. Uh The Sympathizer. Mm, I would butcher the name. Uh let me think of what else. Oh, I was reading Up from Slavery and Booker T. Washington. I got twenty pages to the end. You didn't finish twenty pages, Kale? I know. Kale, that it was is- just it wasn't pulling me along. It's it, the end. It took me a long time to finish. Um, oh, no, it didn't. Here's what it did. I got stalled out on the autobiography of Malcolm X earlier this year, and I was like, Mer. and I just like, I stopped reading for like a month or two months. And then I picked it up, and it was, it's, you know, it's nice when things like pull you back in, you mm-hmm. know, and get more exciting toward the end. But some, especially if you're reading older things, a lot of the times the ends are just like lists of, achievements i don't know okay i get you anyway sometimes it's just but also at the same time i'm like okay when this book starts to taste sour to me why should i waste my time trying to plow through why should i finish this meal if i'm not enjoying it yeah well or if i feel like i've already gotten what i needed to get out of it okay or like maybe i should just skim skim the end um i have more books one was uh um, my sister's body, my mother's body, um, Suzanne Laurie Parks. <clears throat> and I have another one. I have a stack. Uh, let me just think of the stack of books. I could do it. It's not, it's not a competition. The next book in the stack. Your head's going to explode. My head's going to explode. What's, what's your favorite book? What's the book that's most like? Really good question. Because I love reading. I just read a wonderful, wonderful novel by Anne Pancake, and it was called 
strange as this weather has been. And it was the best. And it, it was, sounds like you wrote a book. It was, uh, so she, I actually have met her before, or I've seen her read. Um, and my friend is acquaintances with her. She lives in Seattle, but she grew up in West Virginia and she just writes about West Virginia. And this was all, you know, there's just folks who live in Appalachia and they're like at risk of their house flooding at any moment from all the mountaintop removal going on around them. And like, oh God, it was just such a good book. It was so good. It felt like Steinbeck or something, you know, it felt like, right, like so honest and pure and sad in this great, like American tragedy. It was a wonderful book. There was another book that I was saying was my favorite book for a little bit. It was by Anthony Doerr, and it was called uh, All the Light You Cannot See. It was great. God, it was so good. Every chapter was like two pages long. It was the best. How was, long uh, was the book? Oh, it was, uh, I don't know, probably 350. Seems like that's Ooh. that's like book size. I don't know. No, average book? Average book. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it so much. Right now I'm reading another book by an Anne Patchett, and it's called um, just working State your way. of Wonder. Yeah, I'm just, just working, working my way through the Anne PA. So I did buy those books at the same time, and I got them from Chop Suey, and there was like... I assume like they were Anne. the same section. Yeah, they were in the exact same section. <laughs> yeah, but they were... Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're both so good. I believe it. So far, I'm really having a good time with this other Anne, Anne Peake book. Anyway... I don't no, I love that. I love that. Um, that this is something that you have, and like you have such a. I'm going to go ahead and label it as a tumultuous. Tumult, how do you pronounce that? Tumultuous. Tumultuous. I read books and I say tumultuous. Why was I trying to put an L in there? Tumultuous. Didn't I put an L? Tumultuous. It's got a silent B at the end. Come. Is it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. To comb you it. Tumultuous. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to just talk about. What, how are we doing on time? Let's talk about time. We are good on time. What time do you want to leave by? You have, you, have, you have a thing. Well, we said an hour for this. An hour is the minimum. Mm. So you can leave whenever you want. I have to get downtown by 7. Mm-hmm. It's about, a, if you're slow, a 20-minute bike ride. Okay. I'm a speedster. Okay, so leave yourself... But I'm going to be so fucking sweaty. I have to wipe off... I have to put on my sweaty shirt and then get down there and then change my shirt back. I've done that. That's what you need to do sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I, I want to, like, I feel like I shouldn't have wiped off. I should have shown myself as the sweaty person. You could come in as sweaty. I know, but I wanted to look good. You do look good. We have to take a picture with, with, with what's left of the pizza because this is going up tomorrow. Are you going to eat this? Oh, gosh. No. I can't take it. Do you think I can bike with a pizza? I could, like, give you some foil if you want to wrap it up. I'm not going to put it in my backpack and get oil in my backpack. That's Would you keep point. it? Would you just keep it? Sure. Thank you. If you want to bring it for Anthony's birthday party, maybe yeah. you can give that as a gift from me. Okay, I'll give you half a pizza. It's old. Uh, tell me what time it is, would you? It is uh, 6.11. It's 6.11? What time did we say? 5.30, start. That was one time you were supposed to be here. You oh. came like 15 minutes oh, early. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got my hour. Um, well, let's let's go until 6.30. Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. Okay. What is, um, you, so you said, you, you kind of touched on it. You were a bit of an artist. What, um, what was your first creative moment? So my 
my mom is an artist. My mom's a famous artist, and uh, she makes stained glass mosaics, and she has work in the Pittsburgh airport and all around Pittsburgh. She's got stuff in Chicago and all these little, uh, like mill towns around Pittsburgh. Um, so I have had weird, uh, relationship with art because it's always been a, a trade. Um, and it's, and it's the work, it's the work that my mom does, you know, she'll spend 10 hours a day working. It's hard work, just standing all day. It's physically hard. She cuts her hands all the time, or she used to cut her hands so bad. Um, so art, you know, I, I and here's this other thing. So in high school, I was, uh, you know, I took like concert band, and I never got to take a, an art class until my senior year. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't have called myself an artist until I went to college. And I took a printmaking class on a whim. And it was so important to me. And it was so good. And it, and I was so nervous. And it was like, so printmaking is, you know, you're like carving. Well, there's many different forms, but one that I took to was, uh, it was relief printmaking. So you're carving into, we would use these big linoleum blocks and you would use carve like wood carving tools, you know, so they're like different V's and U's and you'd make different kind of gouges in it. And then you would cover the surface with ink and you would put a piece of paper on it and roll it under a press. And then you would have this one, you know, black and white image, right? Um, so that's it. And, and like carving is like so much work and you want it to look like something and it looks like nothing. And you like your hand slips and you fuck the whole thing up and it's ruined. Um, and I just loved, and I loved that. And I loved how it would take so long to carve and to, you know, to clean and to ink up and to, put the paper down and have to match it up just right. And it's like the whole process, like I don't care what it looks like at all. Right. But like just going through this like methodical, long and arduous process and just like, you have to do all these steps. It's like the most boring, terrible job in the world. But for some reason, because you're doing it just for yourself. You're like, I'm just doing this dumbass fucking long processed for me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do this for me. And it just becomes so important. I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, I didn't take another printmaking class for some time after that, but my senior year, I did take another one and I took lithography. I got to tell you about this. Do you know about this? I don't know about your story. <clears throat> I've heard of lithography and I think I, once you talk about it, I'll be like, yes. So we used, there's a couple methods, um, but the ancient method is to use a limestone tablet and this fucking rock weighs like 300 pounds and you have to use a, a little crane to move it around. And, um, and what you do is because limestone is porous, you, you color on it with like essentially a crayon. Okay. You color on it with something oily 
and then you put a bunch of chemicals on it, and then you rub this water-based ink or oil-based ink. I can't remember. Oily filler, something. So you put some, like, oily ink on it, and it only sticks to where you drew the crayon, and then you print it. You run it through a press, and then it gives you something that looks like a fucking crayon drawing. And it looks so bad. But the process of getting the stone ready is you take um, different grit sand, and you cover this giant limestone with this sand and water and you get this 25 pound disc and you spin it on it until it sands off a layer of the limestone and this process from beginning to end takes nine hours nine hours and you end up with one or two or if you're really lucky you get three crayon drawings and it is the most, the most ridiculous thing <laughs> It is totally insane. And think about, like, doing this and being in college where your time is so... You, like, have no idea how to spend your time the right way, right? You know, you're like, I don't know how much I'm supposed to spend, you know, studying or you know, having a great time or sleeping or anything, right? And then, like, okay, on top of all of that confusing, that puzzle of trying to figure out how to spend your time in college, you're like, okay, what you going to do, kid? Come over here. You're going to spend nine hours making this fucking dumbass looking crayon drawing. And even if it's great, you're only going to get two of them. You could just draw two crayon drawings. It would take you, who knows how long, ten minutes? <laughs> What's happening? Anyway, so that was, those. Are, I would say that's my, like, as a visual artist, that was my awakening. That was my moment was taking these two printmaking classes was the best. That um, was a great story. I love that so much. I, I, I love show you. I want to show you. I want to show the people. You know. Do you have them still? Yeah, yeah, I have my prints. I would hope so, after all um, the work. And there's, like, no, there, there's, like, easier methods to, to make those kind of images where you, like, draw on a piece of aluminum and then it's done in, like, a second or whatever. But... We had to learn on the stone. Yeah, I was going to say that I, I, it wouldn't feel right if you were like that this other way. If, like, if knowing you, like you have to do the 300 pound stone way. It looks like a tombstone the more you stare at it. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> it's amazing. It's so easy to fuck up the whole thing. And you're like, God, I have to start over. I have to go back to the levigator station and, and start with like the biggest grit and work down to the smallest grit. And you're just going, you go like this for three hours. You're you're just, you're physically doing that? Yeah. And so you have to take like, you have to take breaks, you know? And you're like, I got to put, you know, put 20 minutes in today. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it will really take three hours, but it, it does take from start to finish. It does take nine hours to get from uh, stone to single crayon drawing nine hours of work. It really looks like crayon. It looks like crap. <laughs> it looks so bad. I can't explain it. I well, the thing here's what it is. As a visual artist, I do not have technical skill, mm-hmm. and that's what I appreciate about that uh, medium. Is that it's so it's like not about that. It's not about what it ends up looking like, or it's not about that it looks like anything at all. It's about that you just 
stood here for nine hours and you worked and and whatever whatever comes up you're like this is that this is my memento you know this yeah. is how i remember that fucking day that long day very sentimental i love that that's how i am for sure that's how i'm with like a lot of my possessions it's all very sentimental I like I like things with meaning more than I like things that are like nice. I guess I'm a big object guy. Like uh, like I care about things. I care about little things. Um, my best birthday gift. I'll tell you that. Ooh. Um. So I I coveted this thing and uh, it was at a. It's kind of like a thrift store. Um. But they it was called Center for Creative Re- Reuse and they're in Pittsburgh, and they just have. Lots of shit, but the the theme is like you could reuse this stuff to make art, you know. So they'll have like a bin of floppy disks, or they'll have hello, or they'll have um, you know, a bunch of like medical tubes and stuff like that, and slides, you know, just shit that people were throwing away. But it's so weird that they're like, maybe you could make an art project with this. So um, in that in that store, there was a small bronze. Uh, uh, cube. It was a little bronze box, and it had a little picture frame in the front. And it was an urn. And it was like somebody was getting rid of this urn, and so I, uh, I've gone to that store a few times. But my mom, uh, as the artist that she is, she goes there very frequently. And so one time I was there, and I was like, I love that urn. I want that urn so bad, but it was like $30. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, after a few months, they, they'll like cut down the prices a little. Um, and so like, it was like months and months after I told my, my mom that I love this urn and she bought me this urn. So now I have an urn and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like when I die, I'm going in that urn. Yes. Now I have my urn. So I have requested to be cremated and put into that urn, please. And please. now I get to live my life with my little urn. And then it'll be nice, you know. Whenever I die, I'm going to look at it and be like, oh, this urn, this little simple bronze cube. And now you've gone on the record. I've gone on the record. <clears throat> there is record of you <laughs> needing to be in A formal urn. request to be cremated and put into an urn that I already have. And you can do whatever you want with the I don't care. People take up. A lot of space when they're cremated. You only want a little bit of the ashes. Really? You, you get a you lot. You got to pick the teeth out and stuff. Well, you know, it's all ashes, but... Is it really? I thought, te- I thought the teeth survived. Why would the teeth survive? You think they're a stronger bone? I don't know. I don't know what would happen if they... Can teeth catch on fire? Why would other bones not be able to? Don't oh. you think teeth are bones? Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't think of it. Wow. I don't know. I, I, I never, I would never, I have never thought about it. So, like, I remember hearing someone say something about picking teeth or something, but, like, now that you mention it, like, okay, all right, okay, so the bones and the teeth go. So it's just, I, I just have a hard time picturing, I picture, like, a, like a handful of cigarette ash. Okay. And I'm just like, there's no way it's just going to be all fine powder. We could Google it. No, no, no. I like the um, the mystery, the Pete Holmes. Um, uh, fuck. See, now I'm trying to forget. remember the thing about remembering. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Petty, Tom, Tom Petty and Heartbreakers. Okay. He's like, uh, he had a bit about like uh, waking up in the morning and be like, "Where's Tom Petty from?" And before like the internet 
you just didn't know. Oh, yeah. Cool. You would ask everybody yeah. you would know, and they'd be like, I don't uh, know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then you see a woman. She's wearing a Heartbreaker shirt, and you're like, yes, finally. And you're like, where's Tom Petty from? And she's like, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, then you marry her because she just gave you like, the happiest feeling ever. And that woman becomes your wife. Um, that, that's, a, that's a bit completely butchered. But, yeah, I love the idea of, like, yeah, I really want to know, but also, like, I kind of want to, like, wonder. And then, like, hopefully, yeah, the, his thing was, uh, special was actually called Impregnated with Wonder. Oh, okay. So I, I hope that I am, am curious enough to think about it for longer. I love that. I love that concept. I love, I, I and that's so right. That's so, that puts a, a finger on the an issue that we're struggling with is that there's no, there's no moment to not know. Exactly. Yeah. And then once you have the information, what do you do with it? You don't, you just like, I know that now. And then like. You forget again in four months when yeah. Tom Petty comes up. You're like, I don't know where the fuck he's from. You know what? It reminds me. There's this, this is a similar topic that this is like a, a pet peeve of mine. But did you ever spend time with someone who is like a fact teller or like someone who's like, interestingly, did you know? I have. Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of people like that. And I think I am like that sometimes. But it really is like. God, I don't know. It's something that kind of irks me a little bit. And I'm like, man. When, I, when people provide facts? Yeah. Really? I, I wish that people would just lie to me all the time. You know, I think that would maybe be better. But, like, if people are like, hey, did you know a platypus is actually a dog sandwich? You know, like, I don't want to know that. Do you want to Okay, here's one that I learned today. Okay. Do you know what insect only has one ear? Oh, a slug. A praying mantis. No way. They seem so symmetrical. No, nope. they're not. I uh, whenever someone submits a Google form to me to fill out, and they leave me a box for additional comments, mm-hmm. and I don't have a real comment, mm-hmm. I'll look up an obscure insect fact and just like, oh, that's good. So you're like an entomologist. <clears throat> yeah, but I Google it, so I completely <laughs> go okay. against my own thing. No, eventually you'll know it all. <clears throat> yep. See, mm-hmm. send me more Google forms, and I'll figure it out. God bless you. No, that was a cough, but thank you. Oh, sorry. I have I have had a cough for. Nine months. You've almost carried it to term. <laughs> I'm just waiting on ten. <laughs> I had something I wanted to fucking say. What was it? Um, oh, here's the thing that kind of I feel like is a third beat of the two random topics we have. When um, whenever I'm talking to somebody, maybe it's on like Reddit or something, and I'll like ask a question or like implore for information. Mm-hmm. And the first person responds is like, why don't you just fucking Google it? And my thought is like, or, or we can actually have a conversation and you can teach me something about this and I can ask you questions and we can have a dialogue and then we can like grow and bond and connect together. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we can come together. We'll come up with the same wrong answer. Exactly. And then, yeah. well, then we'll Google it and then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll together. We'll be like, ah, now yeah. we know. Yeah. Should have thought of that. Yeah. I've been, I've been, that's one of the things I think has been on my like, improvement list is like, obviously I spend less time on the phone, but like f- focus more on like connections and like talking to people and like yeah, building that shit and learning weird facts about pregnancies. I feel so good whenever I talk to a stranger and like have a conversation with a stranger. I'm like, I have checked this box. That means like, I'm going to have a great day today. And like, no matter what happens, I'm like, man. You know why that day was great? Because I met somebody, and I was like, well, hey, how's it going? 
And sometimes you meet people you already know. I have to tell you this story. Ooh. How much time do we have? Three minutes. Okay. That's a good one. I work at Maymont. I was walking. I was walking, and there was a King of Pops, which is a local popsicle vendor. There was a King of Pops person at the bottom of this hill. And I walked by them, and I said, hey, how's it going? And I walked by them again later, and they were still standing there. And I was like, okay, I'll say something more. Because I already said, hey, how's it going? And there was, there was this dude, and he was reading a book. And the book was called, it was, I don't know, what it, I couldn't see the title. I was like, hey, what are you reading? I was like, you know, I had made some small talk first. And I was like, what are you reading? And he was like, oh, it's like script writing or screenwriting or something like that. And I was like, oh, are you like a, you like a, a writer or like a film person? He was like, yeah, I'm like a, a writer and a videographer. And I was like, oh, really? And then I would, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to start listing people I know who identify as videographers who live in Richmond. And, I'm, and I just start saying names. And I'm like, oh, you know, you know, you know, and then I say, do you know Sean Bullock? And he says, oh, yeah. I am actually working on a movie with Sean and this dude named Kale. And I was like, I am Kale. And this dude, his name was Steven, and we have been in a Facebook message together for two months trying to schedule a date to meet and film this project. And here he was. And we didn't know each other. We didn't have, know each other. You know, we there was no, like, image of, like... Both his and my picture were like we couldn't see our face in the message. And you know, you're not going to go. Gonna go yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go look at. It. But here is this guy, and and I felt like I was like the universe has rewarded me for by for it's like thank you for making small talk with this person. Now I will reveal it's someone you already know, <laughs> and you've been like, you know, it's like he wasn't saying anything in the message and. It was like I was talking, or maybe he, I can't remember. Anyway, it was insane. So, so it was so, so crazy. serendipitous and crazy. I didn't know anything about that. I also want to ask you a question before the show's over. Yes. What do you want me to do in New Orleans? Oh man. Okay, so I'm going to list off um, three things that I want you to do. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot. Okay, it's coming up, isn't it? It's coming up. It's not. It's the weekend after the camp. Okay, I have time. Um, first thing I want you to do is I want you to go to. I have three favorite restaurants. One is called One Thousand Mediterranean Leaves or One Thousand Figs. One Thousand Figs. Okay. Pizza Delicious. Okay. And uh, Parkway Bakery and Tavern. If you go to one of those figs, you'd love. But like, that is my favorite favorite food in the world. Mm-hmm. Love with thousand figs. So that's number one is go to really one of those. Yeah. Okay. Preferably At figs. Least. I'll go to all three. If you can go to all three, like yeah. It's they have the best pizza I've ever had, best food I've ever had, and the best sandwich I've ever had. Pizza, food, sandwich, all different categories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well it goes best sandwich, best pizza, and then best overall. Okay. Um number two, I want you to find an excuse to find my friend Colin. Um, I'm going to, I mean, maybe it's my friend Colin. It's probably your friend Colin. Um, Vanderbilt or Solime, Solime or Busby, whatever. Um, ditched us on the turtle front. We thought we could come back and visit anyway. And then I don't have a third thing, 
but I know of a play. I know of different places I want you to like visit and like, I don't know, like take a picture of yourself there or like just see it from my, I don't know, maybe like I'll like come up with a list. I want you to go to the, the, oh my God, the Natchez. What is it? It's a ferry. Okay. I don't want you to take the ferry because it's probably lame. Mm-hmm. I've never taken it, but I spent a lot of time there. Um, it's right on the the river, the Mississippi. Okay. And uh, beautiful area out there. Love it up there. At night, a lot of homeless people sleep there, but in the daytime, there's a lot of tourists. A lot of tourists. I have a lot of wonderful things and places that I want you to see. I'll, I'll get. I'm going to get a comprehensive list. I have three weeks. Gotchas. Natchez. Natchez. I'm trying to remember if that was how it was said. I think I can probably come up with better places than the Natchez. Um, ooh. Yeah, the lake, Lake Pontchartrain. We're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But yes. Number, the two main things, Colin and food. Someone needs to eat that food and then like stand next to me so I can at least like feel the goodness. Do you want me to try to fly if you, some back? If you can, if you literally legitimately can, I will. I mean, none of it will probably keep because it's all very fresh. Maybe the hummus might. <laughs> or the tomb. That's what I want. I want tomb. How am I going to fly with that? Is it moist? Is it a wet food? I don't know what tomb is. Tomb is a garlic oil um, sauce. Basically. A what's dip? It? Uh, emulsion. Oh. It's literally just garlic and oil. Okay. But it is the best thing in the world. It's what I would eat when I was sick and I would feel better. Tomb. Tomb. I'm telling you, when you go to Figs... Get the tomb. It comes with the fries and it comes on the platter. French fries at a fancy restaurant. I'm <laughs> telling you, Kale, they're the best. It's not a fancy restaurant. It's, a, it's a chill restaurant. Oh, okay, good. But it's amazing food. All right, Kale, you got to go. I got to go. Say, say your goodbyes. Any plugs you have or anything you want to say before you say goodbye? I want to give a shout out to Lori. I love you. I really do. And I think about you all the time. And I'm sorry about what I said at the beginning. I In my head, I was like, don't say that. I don't know. I know you're, you're going to be like, whatever. But I know also you're going to be like, why did you have to say that? <laughs> so shout out. Sorry. Shout out to my folks if they hear this. Shout out to my folks. Shout out to my boss. Uh, shout out to my sisters. And shout out to the coalition community. Um, thank you, Jonathan, for all that you do to facilitate this wonderful space. Well, thanks, Kale. And I have to actually say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>